What is a lock in sports betting? A lock is simply put a bet you can't lose. You know that. And with my bookie, you cannot lose on their NBA lock of the season. Put a bet on either team to score between the Mavericks and the Nuggets. And when the first bucket hits, boom, you win. Let me put it like this. An NBA game has never gone scoreless, so you're going to win. This is a lock. It doesn't get any easier than that. My bookie wants you to get a taste of winning. Because it tastes so good. With superstars like Jokic, Doncic going head-to-head Friday night of this week, it will not take more than a minute of game time before your bet, cha-ching, cashes in. And that's not all. You get paid Friday, wake up Saturday, and then you throw down on UFC 267. Saturday night, my bookie is giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship main event fight so don't wait head to mybookie.com now and use my promo code zabe that's promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo and my bookie will instantly double your first deposit that's promo code zabe you can double your funds to double your winnings bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie five five four four three three two You are looking live at a sold-out Memorial Stadium in Columbia. What the hell is it? with teams. Let's hit it rolling now. Let's earn this thing today. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make the calls. I'll be selling groceries. They shot me in Denver. You will not! You will not! Week 8 in the National Football League. It is your 1-8-2-2-1-1 lineup of games. The Ravens and the Raiders are on a bye. The Packers and Arizona game was too late for today's edition of the Zabecast. Please check your local newspapers for scores and details. We start Week 8 in the 1 o'clock Eastern hour, and we go to Atlanta. You are looking live. At the humiliated Samuel Richard Darnold. Shame. 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 Benched in the 25-3 loss to the Giants, the 3-4 and four Panthers take on the 3-3 three and three Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta is a 3-point favorite. Have you ever noticed how... Sam Darnold looks like Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad. Look him up. You'll know. Fox's Kevin Kugler, Mark Sanchez, and the lovely and perpetually tan Laura Oakman on the sidelines. Brad Allen is your referee. That takes us to the Meadowlands. You are looking live. At the popped PCL of one Zach Wilson and his right knee. The 1-5 New York Jets roll out Mike White. As starting quarterback against the 5-2 Cincinnati Bengals, who are 10.5-point favorites in this game. Who is Mike White? Well, he is a USF to Western Kentucky, third-year practice squad guy. He is the most generic, most unknown starting quarterback the league has seen in a long time. Oh, and Jamar Chase coming off a huge game 
Eight catches for 201 yards and a touchdown. Oh, if they only still had the man genius as the head coach of the Jets, right? You know his internet? Man genius? The Jets coach, sweetie. I should go say hello. Next thing you know, Tony reads the paper. Headline says, Jets bomb Chargers 42-10. He gets pissed off because he only bet 10 grand on the game, not a half a million, which he wanted to do, but Carmella talked him out of it. Kevin Harlan with no regard for human life on the call with Melanie Collins. Actually, I missed someone in there. Uh, Kevin Harlan and uh, who would be his partner? I should know this. Oh, damn it. I've made a mistake. You know who it is. Craig Rolstead is your referee. That takes us to Houston. You are looking live. At Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, the best combo since PB&J, Beer and Uprot, Sex and a Smoke. I don't know, but 6-1 Los Angeles is a massive 14.5 point favorite over the 1-6 Texans. Total is 47 and a hook. Give me a rich Texan for 500, Alex. 100,000 simoleons. Uh, sold to the rich Texan. Chris Myers, Daryl Moose, Johnston, and Jen Hale on the call. Clay Martin is your referee. That takes us to Buffalo. You are looking live. At parking lots full of folding tables as the weather turns. Where would you rather be? Marv Levy then right there, right now. Buffalo hosting 1-6 Miami. The 4-2 Bills are 13.5-point favorites of the 1-6 Dolphins. Total is 49.5. Buffalo won the first meeting in week 2, 35 to nothing. Miami might have back Will Fuller and Devontae Parker at wide receiver. It also might not be enough. You know me, I'm always a guy on a Buffalo. I'm on a Buffalo. CBS is Andrew Catalan, James Lofton, and Sherry Burris on the call. Sean Smith is your referee. That takes us to Detroit. You are looking live at the increasingly disgruntled Philadelphia Eagles. At two and five, they roll in to take on the 0-7 Detroit Lions in the Motor City. Philly is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. The bloom is off the rose on new head coach Nick Sirianni. Fletcher Cox is calling out his defensive coordinator. Team is saying, you know what, we probably should have traded Fletcher Cox when we could have. But the good news is they could have three picks, the Eagles, next year in the top 12. They have their own, which might be the highest. They have Indianapolis's, which needs 75% of the snaps played by Carson Wentz. He's on pace to play the whole season. And they also need. They also have Miami Dolphins' uh, first pick, which could be really, really juicy. It's bad in Detroit at 0-7. What are they going to do? Is it really Matt Millen bad, though? I'm the top dog. Not quite. Top dog with 5-27 record, just like Marty was and a lot of these other guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your question is? Why should you see this process through? And I answered. Because <laughs> that's where it's at. I'm at the top, so that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, GMs don't fire themselves. You know, they never do. But good try there, Mr. Reporter. Foxes, Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, and Megan Olivi on the call. Tony Carrenti is your referee. That takes us to Cleveland. You are looking live. At Dearnest Johnson from Immokalee High School in Florida by way of USF. 
The kid went off last week in a spot start, 25 for a buck 57 and a touchdown last week against the Broncos. The 3-3 three and three Pittsburgh Steelers are in town to take on the 4-3 and three Cleveland Browns. Still no Baker Mayfield, as it'll be Case Keenum for a second week in a row. He did just enough as a game manager for them to beat the Broncos. We'll see about Pittsburgh. The Browns are minus three and a half. And oh, Mike Tomlin is not going to USC, so please stop asking him about it. CBS sends their best, Jimmy Nance, Tony Romo, and the Wolf to call the game. Sean Hockley is your referee. That takes us to Chicago. You are looking live at the smoldering wreckage of Justin Fields' five turnover game last week against the Buccaneers. Three picks, two fumbles. Hey, how is the game moving to you right now, Justin? He said after his first preseason game, the game actually felt kind of slow to me. He meant it as a compliment to the Bears' defense he was seeing in practice. Uh, But guess what? Practice ain't the real thing, and guess what? There's other good defenses out there. I'm sure he regrets saying that because the game did not look too slow to him. It looked like it had him in a blender last week. Two and four San Francisco. The Niners are four-point favorites at the three and four Chicago Bears. Your total is a low 39 and a half. Trey Lance still not going to be available to play in this game. Nursing a knee injury in the Arizona game where he started. Kyle Kyle Shanahan said that Trey Lance was, quote, ready to take off just before he got that knee injury. So look for him to get some time as soon as he's ready to go. Fox's Adam Amin, Greg Olson, and Pam Oliver on the call. Land Clark is your referee. That takes us to Indianapolis. You are looking live at the pivotal game in the AFC South. If Tennessee can win it, it is pretty much Katie Barr the door. They've already beaten Indianapolis once. They get a second crack at it here in week number eight. Five and two Tennessee against three and four Indy. The Colts are a slim one point favorite King Henry versus JT23 great running back matchup Frank Reich versus Mike Vrabel two of my favorite uh, under the radar coaches if that's even possible and the Titans and the Colts are good eaten when it comes to the AFC South the rest of the division is pretty much garbage who likes Blue Horseshoe? Anacott Steel that's who you tell a man Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. Wait, it's the other way around. You get the point. CBS's Spiritus and Jay Feely on the call. Carl Ch-Ch-Ch-Cheffers is your referee. That brings us to the bridge window, 405 Eastern, and we go out to Seattle, Washington. You are looking live at Urban Frank Meyer III, who will be looking across the field at one Pete Carroll who did the college-to-pro thing right. He's had success in the pros. Can Frank, can Urban Meyer get it going himself? We'll see. The Jaguars are 1-5 and five coming off a bye, and they are three-point dogs to the Geno Smith-led 2-5 and five Seahawks. Geno Smith has only cracked 200 yards passing once now in three games. It's been a rough go up there. CBS's Greg Gumbel, Adam Archuleta, and A.J. Ross on the call. Yo, Adrian! Adrian Hill is your referee. That takes us to Los Angeles. You are looking live at the humbled but rested Charger team that is facing a red-hot New England Patriot group. The three and four Patriots coming off a 50-burger last week. They are five-point dogs to the four and two Chargers who are coming off a bye. Are Mac Jones and Justin Herbert 
the new stars of this league in the so-called TV show about quarterbacks known as the NFL. Heck, I'm old enough to remember when it was supposed to be Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Things change quickly, don't they? Ian Eagle for CBS, Charles Davis, Evan Washburn on the call. Ron Torbert is your referee. That takes us to the primetime afternoon window that will conflict with trick-or-treating in the East, the 425 window, and we go to New Orleans. You are looking live. At Robert James Gronkowski, due back from rib and lung injuries. The 6-1 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers are five-and-a-half-point favorites at the 4-2 and two New Orleans Saints. Forget keeping up with the Kardashians. Keep up with the Gronkowskis. They've got their own Wikipedia entry. Definition, a family of American sports people starting with the great ignatius gronkowski who died in who born in 1897 died in 1981 cyclist and great grandfather of the following dan gronkowski former tight end chris gronkowski former fullback glenn gronkowski former fullback rob gronkowski the most famous of them along with Henning Gronkowski, who was a German actor, and Stanislaw Gronkowski, a Polish actor. Meet the flying Gronkowskis. Fox sends Joe Davis, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews, and Tom Rinaldi. You know where Joe Buck is going to be on Sunday. Cleet Blakeman is your referee. That takes us to Denver. You are looking live. At the plummeting Broncos, losers of one, two, three, four in a row after a red-hot start. At 3-0, and oh, the 2-5 and five Washington football team could be just the tonic. 3-4 and four Denver is a three-point favorite in this game. Total is 44. Vic Fangio's on the hot seat. So says the headlines. When asked of Teddy Bridgewater, the fall guy, is it time to panic? He said, almost. Whenever you admit it's almost time to panic, it's probably too late to panic. We'll see what happens. Fox's Brandon Godin, Mark Schlereth, and Shannon Spake on the call. John Uhasi is your referee. That takes us to Minnesota. You are looking live. At the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, ready to take on the Minnesota Vikings. 5-1 and one Dallas, a 1.5-point favorite over the 3-3 three and three Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Kirk is having a good year. Dak is having a better year. It's the mid-round bonus baby overachieving quarterback showdown that we all know and love. Lyle Collins will be back for the Cowboys after his five-game drug suspension. He may actually slide to guard, may not even start. The Cowboys have, right now at least, a somewhat surplus of good offensive linemen. Adam Thielen is expected to play. He had a foot injury this week. He was a full participant on Wednesday. L. Michaels with Chris Collinsworth and Michelle Tafoya on the call. Scott Novak is your referee. Finally, what the hell? Let's go to Monday night and let's go to Kansas City. You are looking live. At Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes who need to get it together to save their season. Three and four Kansas City cannot afford to drop one to the hopeless two and five New York Giants. They are nine and a half point favorites in this one. Total is 52 and a hook. By the way, we still don't know about the Manning cast for Monday night. It's Thursday afternoon. We still don't know. I Google searched it. I read five articles. There is nothing firm. They say that the Manning cast schedule 
is not set in stone for the rest of the year, so we don't know if they're going to be on on Monday night. Daniel Jones only has five touchdown passes on the year. That is pretty sad. ESPN will send Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick, and Lisa Salters to call the game and the referee for the game. Oh, it's our buddy. There he is. After the play is over, the lay of the game. Jerome Boger. Number 21. For the ladies' ball, man. The football into the field of play. Five-yard penalty. After the fourth of the penalty, it will be first and ten. There you go. And there it is. Your NFL week number eight on a roll on the Zabecast. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. God damn it! What? That's good, right? No. I only bet ten. But you won. What did I say? What did I tell you? It's a short thing. You talk about this crap like it's science, Tony. I lost a lot of f***ing money. You didn't lose. We could have turned your bullshit into a f***ing million dollars. My bullshit? That spec house was my investment for my future. Here we go. Jenny Sack had to move in with her f***ing daughter, Tony. Again with Jenny Sack, huh? John provided. She's a f***ing hysteric. You ever think I might know what I'm doing? I love that bite so much. From the Sopranos, Mr. X. Did you ever think that I might know what I'm doing? That one hit a little too close to home. (laughs) Yeah, really? Didn't it, though? 
He was all he was all pissed off. I played the bite and you were looking live of him meeting Mangini, uh, uh the man genius, uh at the restaurant at Vesuvio. And so I guess he thought, Oh, I got a good lead, the Jets are gonna win, you know, and they ended up winning and covering it. He was all pissed because he was like he didn't bet enough money on it. Yes. Oh, uh, this is because we don't have the language going, but we have a lot of similarities. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, you know what she does is on Sunday nights late, she'll just she knows it's a it's a karma and a jinx. She never asks me. Don't ask me about my business, but she'll say, "So does everyone love you today or hate you today?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And it it can vary for sure. So before we get into the week in the NFL and review last week and our picks and everything else. Uh-huh. Let's get some baseball in here, Mr. X. You How being about that a crazy Red Sox fan. Game last night? <laughs> yeah, boy, that was crazy. Yeah, so crazy. Call. Yeah, that oh. call right. You know, the I would have done I would have done the other thing. I would have gone for it when they yeah. didn't. But analytics. Yeah. Analytics. What are you gonna do? Okay, right. World Series. What do you got? <laughs> one one so far. Uh, what, what, uh, what's your big thoughts on the world series so far? I got to tell you, um, before I cannot think, yes, I can. The last time I was this disinterested in the world series was the white Sox Astros and like, Oh, what? This is a boring freaking matchup to, to end. All- yes. Yes. I mean, before it starts. Okay. Let's put it this way. The Braves had the 12th best record in baseball this year. You know, the Mariners and the Blue Jays won more games than the Braves did this year. Okay. But that's how baseball works. Not this bad. I can't remember number 12 ever making the playoffs, much less the World Series. It's just, now granted, okay, you know, you you play, you are what you are, you're in the series, good for them. But they're not a, there's nothing fun and attractive, sexy to watch on either of these teams. Of course, the Astros being so hateable and the Braves and that damn tomahawk chop. I mean, oh, my God. I just – it's not a matchup that – I only care because, well, it's what I do. <laughs> but it's a tough one. There's no starting pitching on either team. This bullpen day stuff might be the way to play it, but it is not attractive. You don't say, oh, who's pitching tonight? Oh, cool. It's a bullpen game. Let's right. go watch. Yeah. There's no Randy Johnson. There's no Pedro. Um, you know, it's just it's just not a good match. To- could they could they mandate it be like the old days where you name a starter and you make them go six innings at least? No, of course not. If you get shelled, you get hit. I mean, you know, they, right. they're doing what they're doing. But, I mean, hey, the last thing, the only thing worse than starting a mediocre person is starting them and keeping them in. I mean, what's, I, that doesn't help. I, I, I hear you on that front. I'm wondering what rule changes, what roster limit changes could you implement if you wanted to move against the bastardization of the so-called bullpen game? Well, I don't think you have to, and I would say this. No, not have to. What could you do? I don't think you should want to. Okay, let me try a third time. Okay. What could you do? <laughs> I'm saying if you are committed to it, even if it's okay. a bad Rob Manfred idea, of which he seemingly has a giant top hat full of bad ideas, okay. what would you do to move against it? Fewer relievers so you couldn't afford to do it? That's just, you know, this year we, we now have these Ross, these teams during here with 13 and even 14 pitchers. They used to carry 10 or 11, and they're still throwing outfielders in the eighth. 
So why are we going to go less? We're going to have more of that? I don't know. How about fewer? Know. How about fewer pitchers on the roster? Expand the strike zone and do something else to get guys swinging at pitches. Yeah, we're going to go Jerry Maguire. Fewer <laughs> pitchers, less money. Fewer fans. Let's go. <laughs> more personal service. Hey, it's but an idea. Put, All right, hold on. Though, you can, still no, you can do still this. No substitute for having a stud pitcher. So these teams that are doing it are doing it out of necessity, not because they want to, because they have to. That's why I don't think you have to regulate it. I mean, you still want Max Scherzer going egg. You don't want, right. you know, Larry Cohen, Curly, and Moe going an inning each. All right. Here's what I would do. I would lower the mound an inch. Okay. I would make synthetic bats that replicate the dynamics of a wooden bat, but they're synthetic. And I would make them so they are 10% lighter and have one-sixteenth of an inch more circumference so it's easier to hit the ball yeah i don't think so okay i don't know i know i'm I'm just i'm just spitballing here like (laughs) well it's not the fences you want you want guys swinging at the fucking ball and hitting it and you want balls in play that's baseball yeah at least, at least Houston finally got rid of that hill in the pole. And oh my feet. God, that was that was the dumbest thing ever. And they're like, "Yes, it's like old time baseball where we had obstacles out there. Let's park a Buick Fifty Six out there." Yes, somebody at a boardroom thought it was a good idea. Well, I got to say this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, having known Mister X for well over twenty years now, and knowing when he yearned for the days his beloved Red Sox would be in the World Series. The fact that they have won it in 04, 07, 2013, and 2018, that now in their fifth dance in this cycle, 4-0, and by the way, never having yes. to taste the bitter tears of a World Series loss, Mr. X is bored with the World <laughs> Series. My, my, my. Well... I mean, I'm still watching. I'm still trying to find the angles. I'm still playing it, but it's you, sir, are spoiled. You, sir, are spoiled. It's official. Yeah, maybe. All right, we deserved it after 86 years. All right, you listened to Lambo recap and had some thoughts on the good old days at RFK. Yeah, I wish I could make that. Hearing uh, hearing that talk, I mean, you know. I, I think I don't know if I told you before. I mean, I grew up with season tickets at RFK. And I swear to God, we had the two worst seats of those 56,000 seats in that house. But you know what? We loved them. They were in that house, and everybody wanted them. And what an experience it always was. I mean, we were we sat in the end zone portable bleachers to the side of the goalposts. I had seats 15 and 16 in a 30-person row. I'm 18, 19 years old, and I couldn't fit in that seat. Today, oh, my God, I'd need three of them. <laughs> it, was, it was so crammed and so much fun. You would rest your beer on the guy's knee behind you because it was beside you, and you couldn't fit in there. And I, like I said, you know, if you wanted to get up and, and go to the bathroom, 14 people had to stand up and get the hell out of the way. It was, and then there was porta-potties under the bleachers to go in. It was absolutely ridiculous, and damn, was it fun. 
And it reminded me of the guy that you had. I guess it was the felt father talking about the nice attitude of the people. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that end zone was, you know, friends with each other. Now everybody's like getting their phones out and recording a fight. And, you know, it's just, it's horrible. <laughs> I it's, know. It's, it's ridiculous. And, and, and when he was recapping Lambo, it made me think of RFK in the yeah. 70s and the 80s and everybody having a great time. And, you know, if you were at a youth soccer game and somebody said, what's the score? You know, they'd say Redskins up 17-13. Now you say, what's the score? They say, of what? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Well, the other thing, too, is that, you know, the old days when the game was on, when the game was being played, everyone was in their seats because there was nothing else to do. You go out to the concrete. Couldn't get out. Right. I mean, the, the, well, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was hard to get out, number one. But uh, number two, there was nothing to do inside or, you know, in the concrete concourses. Yes, you could get a beer, you could get some basic concessions, but it was not climate controlled. It was not nice. And I don't even know if there was TVs back in the day. No. I used to have Radio. a little one-inch Sony Walkman so you could see a replay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that, so you <laughs> made sure to stay there. By the way, you can get from uh, archerseating.com a genuine salvaged RFK Stadium single orange seat. $397 to see if you can fit your fat middle-aged ass into it. You say no. <laughs> no, not the ones that we had. I mean, those, orange, those were the good seats. Yeah. We didn't have those. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Watson, Deshaun Watson. Well, I had to, you know, and I know you know this. It's very hard to say certain things today without being accused of being insensitive. But the question I always ask, my kids give me a hard time, is, okay, Watson, Gruden, whoever, now what? Okay, now what? Like, okay. We have zero tolerance, so what happens is my organization has to make you no longer employed. Now what? Do you just have to go stand on the corner with a tin cup because you were wrong? I'm not trying to make light of the things these guys said and did, but what does Gruden do next? Can you work at Walmart? No, because you said insensitive remark. What is he supposed to do? Right. I don't get, so what happens He's is, been unpersoned. He has been yeah. okay. canceled. So, he is a, a person of vile repute for having right. said what he so said. So what happens is I have, to, I have to let somebody go because I have morals and do the right thing. And you have to hire him because you are all about fairness and second chances. I just don't get that. Going from my team to your team, I, in Watson's case, wherever he lands is going to be an improvement from Houston. So I just, I just, I have struggled with the, Did, okay, Gruden, you're in trouble. What's right. next? Maybe you well, don't that's, get to be a coach, That's a larger societal question. The more, the larger society, that's a larger societal okay. question, but the more specific question is, hey, Goodell, could you make up your mind on this guy so yeah. that teams can have clarity on what they're willing to give up in a trade to get him? So at least right. he can fucking play for somebody. Here was, and I'm not sure how good this audio is, but this was Goodell's answer. When asked at the owners' meetings, well, what's the deal with him? Yeah, Dan. Uh, you know, first thing is um, there obviously are uh, other, um, I'll call it legal approaches that are being made either through civil cases. Uh, obviously, the police have been investigating also. Uh, we don't have all the access to that information at this point in time, and we, we pride ourselves on in not interfering in that. 
being cooperators again to make sure we get all the facts. Uh, but I think that process is still ongoing. And until that process is ongoing and we have enough data and enough information to be able to make a determination of whether we should go with the commissioner exam. Yeah, that's such bullshit. It's like when when they want to jump in ahead of the legal process, they do. And then when it serves their purpose to let a guy twist in the wind, as Watson is, they also do that. God, he's, he sounded like Joe Biden at the town hall meeting. Oh, yeah. I, you know, Goodell gets me triggered. I, I can't stand him so much. He's good at what he does, which is to be a human arrow pillow for the media, for the owners. He stands up there to be shithead number one. So the other 32 shitheads or 31 because the Packers don't have an owner don't have to face the same kind of heat. Sure. Now, what happened with him, though, my son and I were debating this the other day, and he said, you know, why doesn't he report to camp, say he's ready to play, get the suspension over with so when he's traded he can play? I and would. I said, this is what kids don't understand. He's getting paid every <laughs> week. Guess what? He's got some bills coming in soon. Yeah. He needs them. You take the money. Yeah, you do take the money. I, You know, he's looking at it like, I'm going to spend a season without playing as if I had blown my knee out, only my knee is fine and I'm still getting paid. Yeah, and he's got some future expenses, as we know, coming down the pipe. Oh, yes, yeah. He needs oh, yes, yeah. indeed. Okay. Yeah. Um, last week's recap in the NFL. Okay. Last, you know, interesting. Last week, let's see, the favorites went seven and six. Um, they're at 49% on the year. Funny how that Go is. Go, Go figure. figure. The overs had another bad week. They went four and nine. They're at forty three percent. Home teams six and seven. They're at forty seven percent on the year. And the public had another good week. They went three and one. Okay. They're actually hitting forty eight percent on the year. Public is not getting beat bad like they were early in the year. Our picks, well, stunk. You, you missed your well. Yours, mine, did. stunk. Two out of three. <laughs> yeah. You got uh, you missed two out of three, and you missed your lock. Your uh, locks are now two and five after the two and zero oh start. Ouch! Your sucks. picks are seven and thirteen. But as they say, suck. There's one thing that's as good as knowing a guy who can pick winners. Knowing a guy who can pick losers. That's right. Hey, <laughs> that's right. I'm on. I'm on the fade train right now. Get on board. Although I think no, I got. It's time to go the other way. Oh, it's it time is. To go okay. With you. That's the way it works. Now, I got my lock last week. Um, I went two and one, so my locks are on your show are now four and three, and the overalls are twelve and nine. There was a lot of laughter last week when I took the Giants plus three. Yeah, um, who's I, I vote on that. Who's I got. I also had now? Miami with the two and a half trap. They lost up the gun, but they covered. That and that I was a tough one. Ball. So yeah. wait, you had Miami minus plus two and a half. Oh, plus two and a half. Well, they were getting killed, and then they rallied. They did, but they lost. They had the, they had it one, and then uh, what? Um, Atlanta hit the walk off to win by two, but they right. covered. And the Wolf plus seven and a half was a brutal loss. I mean, all that you know, we were uh, we were on the, the right, right rule, but God, we, right? We were on the right side of that because they played within seven points of Green Bay. They just yeah. they went zero and five inside the thirty. Five trips inside yeah. the thirty, zero points much less zero touchdowns. Uh, McLaurin, usually money, had one go off his face oh, mask and dropped a touchdown. Yeah, There was a P.I. that, that, that probably should have been. That was, would it have hit him in the nose? I mean, come on. 
I, look, it's easy for us to go, you suck. You should have caught that. He's awesome. You know, like shit happens. Sometimes you drop him. Uh, there was the, the, the ruling on the diving face, you know, head first. Uh, Do you know that basically Mike Pereira disagreed with the way the, that play was called saying, yeah, it's a judgment call about yeah. whether or not a quarterback is quote, giving himself up yeah. while diving forward. No part of that was giving yourself up. Right. Well, sometimes people, sometimes quarterbacks will dive forward yeah. to sure. give themselves up. But at and the goal line, back. there's not a give up. So, uh, no. What I said to that was if that's a give, if that's called giving yourself up, then every freaking dive for the pylon should go back. Yes, of course. Because you gave yourself up and you go back to where you dove to the pot. No, everybody dives for the end zone head first and it's a touchdown. I don't, I I've heard it. I've heard you say it's the right call. I still feel no. like if that's the right call, a lot of touchdowns should come back. I didn't say it was the right call. I said the, according to the rule. According to the rule. Well, yeah, but, that's but I, did, I didn't know that there was, I didn't know there was a, a judgment element on top of it. Yeah. And I think the judgment was definitely wrong. Supposed yeah. to be doing judgment. Uh, yeah, I, hey, you know what? On the punt by Bajorquez, for the Packers that was ruled a touchback, they used what I consider to be an illegal scoreboard review where they changed it after huddling up based on what they saw on the stadium scoreboard. Okay, Zabe, you know what I think, and I have no way to prove this. I have seen this for years. You know they have those sideline officials whose job is to kind of stand there and and wear a jacket over the stripes so you can't tell they're there. Yeah. And they have an earpiece. Yep. I swear to God. New York is in their ear. They are in the ear going, no, 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 move it to the 31. Yeah. I swear they are. I, I don't even think that's a conspiracy. I think it's almost yeah. well known that New York yeah. is communicating with the officials. But, hey, it's all in the name of, quote, getting it right, quote, unquote, there which is no absolute thing because every time you get one thing, quote, right for one yeah. team, if you don't aggressively do that on every other thing that's wrong in the game for the other team, now you're into a disadvantage situation but don't get me let me ask you a question about rogers i I, see if you agree to my theory because one of my sons was bemoaning being on the right side and the packers covering but i say aaron Rodgers, of all the really good quarterbacks he plays to win he never he's not a run it up guy if heineke's touchdown had counted packers probably score more points oh there's no question. But he's not that guy. No. He, if you cut that to seven, he probably marches down the field and they eat the Redskins alive. But his attitude was, they ain't scoring, and he, he plays a little more. He's not a um, you know score 50 burger guy. No. 100%. 100%. That's why, that's why his touchdown to INT ratio is so outrageous. It's why he throws so few mm-hmm. interceptions. He just mm-hmm. he plays the percentages. He's the ping pong player who never misses. Yeah. And those so guys I feel like if they counted that, I think Rogers might have yeah. still covered. But whatever, we'll take it. It was still a tough. I I, I do not. I watched that ten times. It's a, it's a touchdown. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. How is the website doing this year? Call me oh, Different than ever. This is the craziest year for me, in the sense that, you know what? I always equate college and pro football to a casino. When I was young, I learned. You know, I could play craps and I could play blackjack. And I would take my little money I had and I would go and I would play blackjack for hours to make enough money to go lose at craps. (laughs) (laughs) 
and then I'd lose, and then I'd go back to the blackjack, and I'd grind it out for three or four hours. I'd win, and I'd go back and spend it in 30. And I always had more fun losing at craps than winning at blackjack. Now, betting football is the same. All these years, we kick ass on Saturdays betting college football just so we can go to the crap table on Sunday and try to bet the NFL. And we have more fun losing at the NFL than we have taking Toledo plus five in college and, and not, you know. So I've always thought who, it's the same way. Who says you're having fun losing on Sundays? Well, no, I'm saying over the last 20 years, I enjoy watching. Everybody likes betting the NFL, and it's hard. College is easy. So you why don't what? you just stop betting on the NFL? Isn't why it, I, isn't it the Herm? Sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Herm Edwards. Yeah. You play to win the game. You gamble to win money. Right. right. And if I did that, I'd, I'd have spent my entire life at the blackjack table, never gone to craps, but that's no fun. Why don't you – all right, why don't you kill it on Saturday and make hang one – they say hang up the phone. <laughs> and make one funsies pick on Sundays. Because it's it's – just be it's it's kind of like okay because the return on sundays is lower it's still a return it's still a return. <laughs> it's still a return. we're still gonna go but here's oh, the over the years we daniel and i we usually crush saturdays sundays you know i'm happy if you finish a football nfl season 55 56 57 but this year oh my god well he's he still crushes college i am hitting on the website to answer your question long way to get there i'm hitting like 34 percent on saturdays i can't i can't can't cannot do it and i'm just and i'm hitting like 68 or 67 68 on sundays it's backwards of every year of my life i don't know i can't get anything right in college and i know when you get too hot and you're like oh look at that i'm at 70 75 percent in the nfl you don't think, oh, wow, I figured out the Rubik's Cube. I've got it now. You, you, you just know better. And I know that I'll probably finish both at 60, 58. But the college sure isn't turning around for me. I'm, I'm really struggling. But I'm, God, The college is not turning now. around? No, I'm hitting 34%. Oh, so college is not I can't do anything right. Yeah. It's backwards of every year of my life. I, yeah. I cannot get a college game right. And I am not missing many in the pros. I I don't know what's going on, but All I know right. they'll probably both cut, regress to the mean, as they say. All right, you are shutting it down November first. Why is that? Yeah. Um, you know, you're my from the events we've been to. I will say this: for the most part, guys that listen to your radio shows and your podcasts and they come to events, they're great guys. You know, it's always fun. They're they're good people. And the folks that started following me and my website, they're good guys. So? But you get close to Thanksgiving oh in the NFL. <laughs> and you get guys that are uh, in had need a bad year of winners. And the pressure's on. Yeah. And they start getting desperate. And then they want to subscribe and, and, you know, print money to catch up from the hole they dug. So this year, I'm not going to let it keep rolling. I noticed last year, everybody who signed up after mid-year was a different guy than what I just described as the normal Zabe and our ex-followers. So I'm not going to let them on the ship this year. Okay. So I'll shut down. Everybody's going to get this stuff the whole year. You're the the, tout with a conscience. 
one of the rarest of breeds, almost like a stripper with a heart of gold. You can't bear to think about little Timmy's uh, blank Christmas because daddy spent all his money trying to catch up and subscribe to your site. No something clause coming here. All right. No something clause. Everybody getting something. Where do you get that money? Hey, that's none of your business now. Everybody going to get something. All right. Here we go. Here are my picks for the week. I am in such a struggle mode. Here's how I'm going to fix it. I've decided to bet on good teams playing the shit teams. Even though they're laying big numbers, I've got three double-digit favorites. My thinking is two of the three are going to cover. Which two? Don't know. Don't care. I just need to go two and one this week, so I'm betting against the shit teams, and I'm laying the lumber. Last week was the first week since 1975 in which there was only one game through Sunday night that was a single-digit margin. Yes. Rare to happen. So maybe we're in that mode now. So with that in mind, I'm taking the Bengals minus 10.5 at the Jets against quarterback Mike White. The most generic sounding, and nobody even knows who the fuck he is, quarterback in a long time. I'm taking the Rams minus 14 and a half at the Texans. And I'm taking the Bills minus 13 and a half against the Dolphins, a team they beat 35 to nothing in week number two. Two of the three are going to win and cover. I don't know which two. I don't care. I'm going two and one. That's the sign of a desperate man. Mr. X? Oh, wow. We got a problem, Houston. Why? Because every week on your show, I write down four picks that I'll play probably this time of the week. And if you pick one of them, then I just go with the other three. (laughs) So, So that we don't sit there and give out all the same. Right. But my three this week... We're the opposite of those three. I swear. So you like all the one-win teams with the points. You're taking one-winners, the Jets, Texans, and Dolphins, with double-digit lumber. Okay. I was. Shit, why don't you and I book the – let's book the action and save the 10%. Duh. (laughs) Duh. Of course, I'm not sure I'm in your same gambling bracket, but we could work something out. Let me let me tell you one thing. By the way, my my lock will be Houston. So because you you're locked the Rams. <laughs> is there homework behind that or logic yeah. or anything? Yes, but I was wondering, did you give which of those three was your number one for the record or no? No. Okay. My lock of the week is tell me two next of the, week. My, no, my lock. <laughs> My lock of the week is two of the three will win. Okay. If two of the three don't win, count it as a lock loss. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I will say this. Let me tell you, when I look at a week in the NFL, the first thing I do before I even start looking at the games is I write down two columns. Who overperformed last week? You know, did better than you think they are. And who really underperformed and did worse? It, you know, you can be a good or a bad team and, and that's not the point. Point is, how'd you do compared to what we think? And then you know the public thinks last week is this week. So what I like is a team that overperformed, I want to go against them, or underperformed, I want to go for them. And if they happen to play each other, wow, now public. So let me tell you, for example, Cincinnati, 
I mean, they just destroyed Baltimore. The Jets got just throttled by, uh, what, the Patriots. Right. They play each other. Yeah. 80, over, almost 85% of the world is going, hey, hey, <laughs> I, hey, I saw last week. I know. Bengals are good. Jets suck. I know. It's a lot. Okay. Vegas doesn't know the Jets. So when I see a team, call it error of recency, when I see a team play really well, playing a team that just hit rock bottom, and the whole public says, I'm on one side, that's when I want to be on the side of the guys with the big casinos, okay. not the guys. So anyway, that's my logic behind both of those. But the reason I pick Houston as my lock is I think Tyrod Taylor um, makes a difference on that team. He's not a quarterback, but he's a lot better than what they've been playing with. So I think if Wait, you give Tyrod Taylor team, is a quarterback. No, he's he's not a good quarterback. Oh, okay. But he's better than what they've been playing. You left with. out. You left out good, and I was like, nah, "Does Mister X know he is he's in fact a quarterback?" <laughs> yes, he is. he's a pro so, quarterback. So Tyrod Taylor a, instead of the long-necked Davis Mills. That's the kind of um, he's the kind of guy you want to cover two okay. and a half touchdowns with late running around. Well, and, the Texans were sticky last week early against Arizona, but they finally succumbed and they did not cover. So yeah. So that, that's my thinking behind those three. So Okay, and Dolphins the same boat, who are getting a couple wide receivers back, it looks like, in Devontae Parker, uh, as well as Will Fuller. Yep. So, yeah, all yep. right, fair yep. enough. We're on opposite sides, Mr. X. And as always, we like to say, bet only as much as you can afford to win, otherwise you'll end up like Tony Soprano. Yeah. Call me so Mr. X. Dot com. Both of us is, we're going to do three and three. <laughs> yeah, we're going. I can tell you right now what the what the podcast record is already. Well, it could be yeah. could be three, two, and one. Could be yes, one, could. four, oh, and one. How about oh oh and six? <laughs> could be oh oh and six. Well, no, no, because we got hooks in there. In fact, no, we can't. No, no we good. can't. No, there can't be any pushes. It's three and three. They're okay. all hooks. Okay. <laughs> yep, that's true. That's All right. True. Mr. X, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Okay. See there you go. What is a lock in sports betting? A lock is simply put a bet you can't lose. You know that. And with my bookie, you cannot lose on their NBA lock of the season. Put a bet on either team to score between the Mavericks and the Nuggets. And when the first bucket hits, boom, you win. Let me put it like this. An NBA game has never gone scoreless, so you're going to win. This is a lock. It doesn't get any easier than that. My bookie wants you to get a taste of winning because it tastes so good. With superstars like Jokic, Doncic going head-to-head Friday night of this week, it will not take more than a minute of game time before your bet, cha-ching, cashes in. And that's not all. You get paid Friday, wake up Saturday, and then you throw down on UFC 267. Saturday night, my bookie is giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship main event fight. So don't wait. Head to mybookie.com now and use my promo code ZABE. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and my bookie will instantly double your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE. You can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Oh, hey, beauty, eh? Is it beauty, eh? Is it snowing yet, eh? In Minnesota? 
Not quite, but we are getting close to the big 1991 anniversary blizzard on Halloween. We always talk about it here. You know, you're you're you know you're cold weather town when when people talk about the blizzard of 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 91. Halloween blizzard. Wow. The Halloween blizzard how, of how, 91. How many how many inches of snow? Uh, 20. <laughs> I mean, it was a legitimate blizzard in October. And it'll always be it'll always be the thing that punctuates the Twins World Series win in 1991 was the blizzard that they had to rush in the big um, the big downtown parade. Right. Get it in before the blizzard, because they had won just a couple of days before the blizzard hit. No way. So and kind of hard was our last and by the way our last and our last yeah, championship. <laughs> I know. I, no few cities have suffered quite like Minneapolis St. Paul. In fact, you have one of the longest streaks going of the four combined sports, right? The misery yeah. index in sports, you add up all the years that all four mm-hmm. major sports have not had a championship and that's your misery index. Are you guys number 1? We're number one with a bullet. I think Cleveland for a while had us beat, uh, but we yeah we're number one with a by a fair margin. Unfortunately, Detroit I think might be second. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah it's it's been a long run, Zabe. I really you know at the time I was uh, I was in college, really didn't think that I'd have to go until you know I was fifty years old. You know, I don't even know when it's when the next one's coming. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, championships they are fucking great, and I went quite a while without any in my life. Yes. The first return of a championship was the Capitals in 2000 and, geez, I should know this, 17 or 18. I think it was 18. Did they care? Did that town care? Because oh, yeah. here, yes, a hockey yes, championship yes, yes. here would be you know crazy. Yes, I got Did- the photos. Uh, it was a strong turnout on the mall. There was a strong Capitals following in D.C. Is it as mm. deep and as wide as the former Redskins? No. Or the Nationals. Actually, the Caps had a better parade than the Nats because it was in the middle of summer. Not the middle. It was at the front end of summer. It was the most glorious June day, Charge. I'll (laughs) never forget it. Just no humidity whatsoever. Sun-kissed still as as, as as a night before Christmas. It was just beautiful. So 2018 was the first time back in a championship mode. And then I'd have to go all the way back to 91 with the Redskins. Yeah, here. Yep, the Redskins won it here. In 91, this town hosted the Super Bowl where your team won. It hosted the World Series for the Twins. It hosted the Stanley Cup for the North Stars in a losing effort. And it hosted the U.S. Open all in a span of... Like nine months. It was was nuts all the... Oh, and we had had March Madness here that year. Yeah, it, it was it was a crazy run in this town in '91. Yeah, and did you shovel the two feet of snow at your parents' house? No choice. No <laughs> choice. Had to. Had to. Did not um, have any snowblower back then, did you? No, I did. That's why they had me, Zabe. That's why your kids. Was, had, your your parents right. had that's kids. Parents had me. That's right. So they wouldn't have to buy a snowblower. Oh I don't know God. how the economies of that work, but I can tell you, I did a lot of backbreaking shoveling in my day, and. You know, and of course, when you have you have the brother, it's always turns into a battle about who's doing the most shoveling and, you know, all that stuff. You're fighting over that stuff because that's what brothers do. So, yeah, that's yeah. 
So 91, just a couple of quick things on, on uh, the 91 World Series, which is considered by many to be the best World Series in terms of drama of all time. The players in it were good, not great. Some were great. The the, uh, the Braves had Tom Glavin, John yeah. Smoltz. That would they Greg, would go on to Greg Maddox. The he wasn't three. there yet. Oh, he wasn't. Maddox, okay. No, he was a Cub at that time still. Um, Kirby Puckett would be the uh, the most notable twin. But the the thing I will never never forget about the '91 World Series, Abe, Jack Morris coming out for the tenth inning, <laughs> a complete game. Uh, can you imagine that in today's baseball? To have, in the seventh game of the World Series to have to have your pitcher come out for a 10 inning complete game. It's the only time I've cried in sports. No is way. When, when we came back, when we came back, Jack Morris, hometown boy makes good hometown boy. He was from Minneapolis. He was from St. Paul. Yep. He was justice. Swing and the great Jack buck with a call. Oh, into the tenth inning we go. Jack Moore is still pitching. I have goosebumps right now. He gets his eighth strikeout. I got a chubby right now. Ozzy Smith. Hurt. The Twins are going to win the World Series. The Twins have won it. It's a base hit. It's a one nothing ten inning victory. Do you remember How who? About that. Remember who stomped on home plate? Dan Gladden stopped on home plate, with his, baby. With his flowing locks behind yes. him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and, you know, I, 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 you never would have a pitcher pitch 10 innings. And the fact that when they came back from commercial break and they showed Jack and Jack on the mound and just I think the fact that he was one of us from in town and the special season he had i think he had a 20 wins regular season it was just yeah that, that's the only time i've cried in sports right there. yeah good stuff i will never see 10 innings from one guy again i don't know what can be done i mean game one of the world series was forever it didn't end till 12 15 east coast time which is an abomination you're never going to grow the sport that way yeah for comparison I saw this stat. I'll look it up in uh, a while ago. Uh, hold on a second, Charge. Give me a little background. I'm going to find this stat for you real quick here. So go no ahead. Problem. Another thought on the 91 series while I look this up. Well, you know, the 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 greatest call, maybe it's one of the greatest calls. You talked about uh, uh, Jack Buck. One of the greatest calls in baseball history was when Kirby Puckett uh, launched the home run in game six to force game seven. And Jack Buck, with the understated call, will see you tomorrow night. Right, which was well, mirrored by Joe Buck in 2011 on a similar game six home run call for the Cardinals, the team that he grew up on, and his dad, of course, grew up calling. And he said, I just saw this tonight in the uh, pregame show for game two, he said he tried to pretty much mirror and echo the words of his father. That's and he's shit. the only one who could do it, right? I mean, you know, I can't. Yeah, anyone else would be like, yeah, you're stealing his act. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. But when but it's your son, here, you get to do that. Here, here's the thing. So in 1980, the U.S. population was 230 million, and game one of the World Series drew 42 million wow. of that wow. 230. <laughs> That's crazy. 
So Crazy. let's see. Uh, do I dare try to do math while on the phone with you and possibly hang up by accident? Well, 270 divided by 40, right? Isn't that what you said? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let's see. Hold on. So 40. Hold on. 42. That was, four, that was 15% of the population okay. watching. Okay. 15% of the population watching the World In Series. In 2021, the U.S. population is 330 million. And game one of the World Series drew 11 million viewers <laughs> womp womp that's three percent three percent what and, a change and nobody is stomping their feet waving their arms saying we've got to stop this decline what can we do nobody is saying for fuck's sake we cannot have games end after midnight on the east coast they just it's, won't which is do ridiculous it. it's ridiculous and, you know, and it, way better off i think Way better off to start your game sooner than than it is to end your games later. Because if you if you love baseball and you're on the West Coast, you'll start happy hour at four. You know, it's it, yeah. you know it's a lot easier than asking people to stay on the East Coast to stay up until one in the morning to get to the end of a game. The other thing Thanks. is that you know that there's just not enough balls in play. Uh, there's too much nibbling. There's too much swinging and missing, and mm-hmm. uh, there's too many relievers. So a game that you know, may not be as long as you think. It might only be three and a half hours. <laughs> It'll <laughs> feel longer than that because it just goes so slow in between yeah. everything. But pace of the game is a huge problem yeah, for yeah. sure. The other problem is, okay, and this is where we'll swing to football here, and we are going to talk a touch of fantasy on this uh, Football Friday, uh, that, that, that the NFL product is so goddamn good. And it's conditioned people to expect greatness with just about every game. There was a stat about how last week was the first time since the merger in which there were 10 or more games on a Sunday, and none of them were a one-score game. Wow. How about them apples? Wow. How, how about that's them amazing. apples? Yeah. That's, that is amazing. So you, see, na- so you see a game like game one, it's 6-2 before you can blink before you put the kids to bed and Mm -hmm. you don't feel like investing time seeing if perhaps the Astros can claw and scratch their way back into it. There's not enough juice in there. NFL games are always taught full of action and they live within the one score range most of the time. And our Thursday, Sunday and Monday night nationally televised games, no matter how they look going into them, They've all been great. They've all been thrillers that have come down to like, you know, last possessions, no blowouts. They've all been, they've all been close games. And that's just, I don't know if that's just luck or that's just where the game, you know, where football is now is it's just easy to come back or whatever. But our nationally televised games have all, have have, virtually all of them have been really, really good. All right. I got to check my stat because last weekend had a number of blowouts. 54-13 by the Patriots over the Jets. Uh, The Bears got eviscerated 38 to three. I swear I saw this one though. I swear I saw this stat somewhere. I'll find it. But the bottom line is most NFL games live within that margin of, of seven mm-hmm. points or thereabouts. So the fuck was I looking at there on that? Okay. I don't know, but I, I believe you. <laughs> I mean, I, you I, know, don't, I, I don't know why you wouldn't believe me. I was wrong. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, Let, let's okay, get to well, some fantasy is, as so we're required with Sundays. our visit every week. No, you're right. Uh, no, you're wrong. Uh, that is not. Dolphins at Falcons were, was a two-point game from Sunday. Dolphins-Falcons. 
Yeah. Yeah. Everything else no, on it was, Sunday, everything but, else on Sunday was, was a one-sided affair. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So you were close. I think maybe it was the reverse. Maybe it was the first time since the merger, only one game out of 10 or yeah. more was Must have within been that. one score. That ding, 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 ding. That's what that sounds right. All right. So fantasy news this week. What do we got? Um, well, we got a couple of different, a uh, couple of different items here. First, Patrick Mahomes is probably the biggest talker this whole week, right? Like you know, what's, <sighs> what's happened to Mahomes and has he gotten to the point where he's not an automatic, he's been the most automatic fantasy starter in fantasy football since he became a starter. You, it didn't matter who the opponent was. It didn't matter what the conditions were. It could be a blizzard. It could be a hurricane. It could be a tsunami. It doesn't a plague of locusts wouldn't matter. You would start Patrick Mahomes. And is he still that guy at this point when he has, when his play is clearly not the same as what it used to be. And he's got a variety of problems around him that we're not necessarily used to seeing And this much of it goes back to the Super Bowl. We, you know, he was mortal. He was mortal in that Super Bowl game. Um, in which he threw no touchdowns in that game. And here he is now, week seven this year, no touchdowns in this game. What do you th- what do you think about where Patrick Mahomes is right now? In- I think if- he, he is a dicey start right now. I think what's amazing is that he got drunk on his own accolades with the no-look passes and the mm-hmm. backhanded flips and all this other shit. He has committed some of the worst turnovers. In the last three weeks. And I think there's no question it's because he's thinking, I'm Patrick fucking Mahomes. Everyone loves me. I'll figure it out. This is how I play. Ball fucking security in this league. Reminds me of when Mike McCarthy got the job first in Green Bay. And he finally got the spine up to get in Favre's face and say, you need to stop throwing those fucking interceptions because I'll be fired mm-hmm. if you don't. Because <laughs> the previous regime, Mike Sherman, oh, he didn't fucking care. And yeah. Favre didn't really care. He's like, YOLO, man, this is how I play. Gunslinger. And I'll give <laughs> McCarthy credit for bending the trajectory on that. It made Favre a better player as he was getting kind of loose. I'm surprised Andy Reid let it get to this point. But, well, here we are. Here we are. And it's he's not exactly a turnover machine, but the, the interceptions are – way i mean he's got he's got a streak right now of six straight games with a pick mm-hmm. he had six yeah basically it's, he had six i'm counting him now he had six interceptions last year <laughs> so you know yeah. during the regular season and here we are looking at a string of six straight games with picks and i think a lot of it's you're right i think you're right on a lot of it with mahomes he's used to being able to do the impossible and he's been able to hit that one percent that 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 pass that for everybody else is a one percent pass he was making regularly right and when he can't do that he's used to being able to do it and when he tries it it fails yeah um now he's still from a fantasy standpoint the touchdowns are still there so he's scoring points so from a pure fantasy standpoint we're still starting him but from a football standpoint he's got the worst defense in football his tackles orlando brown and mike remmers are terrible Mm. and the only reason the chiefs aren't oh and seven right now is because of Patrick Mahomes. That's pretty much it. And then Sunday night, who's on the big stage at home in the bird-killing aviary, beautiful home (laughs) stadium of the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer against the Dallas Cowboys. Sunday night, 
Are you ready? Is the town ready? Will Kirk be ready for one of these games? And I don't know what his Sunday night record is, but his Monday night record was not very good at all in Washington. Is he ready? I think he's ready today. Now, if the rest of the team's ready, I'm not sure. But I'll tell you what. I've never seen Kirk look so unflappable. It's almost like the whole offseason COVID thing, kerfuffle, has just hardened him in a way that he seems like nothing phases this guy. You know, whether it's the deficits, if it's the the game-winning drives that he's had to put together, by the way, four game-winning drives already this year, or at least chances for game-winning drives. He's, you know, he, he, the demeanor, the way he's holding himself and his play has never been better. And Detroit, or sorry, Dallas is a, Dallas is obviously a much improved team in part because their defense is much improved. And many people talking about Trayvon Diggs and all the interceptions, but Zabe, Trayvon Diggs has allowed the second most yardage in his coverage. Ooh. Nobody's talking about that. Yeah. Uh, by the this way, is- Cousins is four and two actually on Sunday nights. Ooh. And this was an article dated from October of last year. Okay. So we might have to update that with a game or two. I don't might. have the ability to check last year's Sunday night schedule, but this was written 10 11, 2020. Uh, Cousins is four and two on Sunday nights, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. And that includes a 15 over three touchdowns to INT ratio on Sunday night. 73% completions. He's good on Sunday night. Monday night, much different. 0 and 9 on Monday night football. 0 and 6 in Washington. 0 and 3 in Minnesota. And his numbers are much worse 64% versus 11 over 6. The biggest thing is that Cousins has a 7 and 31 record against teams with a winning record, at least as, he did, as of last year. The winning yeah. record stat is thrown at Kirk all the time. All the time. And I, you know, what I keep saying is wins aren't a quarterback stat. I mean, if that's the case, then let's take our Hall of Fame bound safety, Harrison Smith. He's got the same record. I mean, it's just, it, it's wow. a team game. It's a team yeah. game. Yeah, the Safety versus can, quarterback. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Come on. It's a, look, Charge. Of course the quarterback can affect the outcome more than the safety can. But it's still a team game, and you can't peg all these losses, every loss on Kirk Cousins, especially last year when our defense was basically the worst in the league, and we're losing every game 35-28, and it's not on Kirk. I know. I think, so I think, I, I, I'm not listening to that. I think quarterback record is a real stat. I just don't put a whole lot of weight into it, but I think it's useful to at least have in your back pocket as a reference because the really good quarterbacks, they'll lift their teams to wins. That's how the league is nowadays, but we'll see. Hopefully Kirk plays well and beats the Cowboys. That'd be nice. Oh, yeah, that, that would be very, that'd be very handy. By be the way. Nice. I just pulled up Kirk's Sunday night stats. If you, if you really care, I want to, if them. you don't, we can just move on. No, I want to hear him. Uh, last year, a, a one point loss to Seattle on Sunday night. Um, this was a uh, this is a game in which Dalvin Cook got forced out of the game. Alexander Madison with the game on the line. Team goes for it on fourth and one, uh, fairly far into Seattle territory, and Alexander Madison misses his hole, gets tackled from uh, tackled for a loss. Uh, prior to that, he had won the previous two, including a Sunday night game in 2019 against Dallas in Dallas, 28 to 24. He won the the previous year on Sunday night against the Packers. 24-17 win against the Packers. He's won two of the last three on Sunday night. All right. Before we close out today, Dune 
was remade. The movie from 1983, I think, yes. which involved a giant sandworm. Uh, <laughs> sci-fi fanatics love that the movie got remade, and now there's talk of a sequel to this new reboot. Yes. My question this morning to our movie expert, Matt Miller, is why are they on that sand? (laughs) (laughs) And he said it's because there's some spice in there that they got to go get. There is. It's a spice thing. So this was the the original one, 1984, was a David Lynch film. Now, you will remember David Lynch from such lesbian-fueled films as Mulholland Drive. (laughs) Okay. Um. Dune was such a bizarre, weird, and poorly made film. Get this. I saw it in the theater. And as I headed into the theater, they gave me a little card that explained key parts of the movie. Like who the people are. I got a cheat sheet going into the movie. And then as everybody's filing in, they're ready to start the movie. And Usher gets up in front of everybody and tells you what is happening in this world and what what the movie even is all about. So he did like a 90 seconds of what to expect from this movie, which I've never seen any of those things happen before. Shut but that's your that face. That was the original Dune. No so bad. Way. How was the reboot? I'm going to watch it as oh. soon as we get done. Okay, you haven't seen it. You're going tonight. I haven't seen it. It, well, it's in it's on HBO Max oh. or in theaters. It's one of those deals. Got it. By the yes. way, Mulholland Drive uh, featured David Lynch in it as one of the leads alongside the absolute dime piece smoke show that is Naomi Watts. Yeah, unbelievable. And this was, see, the beauty of, of Mulholland Drive and the career arc of Naomi Watts, she was still a desperate young actress willing to, to do, do almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of nudes, and that was that was fantastic in that film. Let me yeah. tell you. Also, right. by the way, good film too. As it turns out, weird, but a, a pretty darn good movie. On top of it, you know what? I'm gonna watch that when sports stop in June. So just give <laughs> me June. just <laughs> just just, <laughs> just give me one, two, three. Give me eight months, and I'll have right. some time for that. <laughs> All right, Charge, as always, a pleasure. GuillotineLeagues.com. Go there. You can still start leagues midseason. Good luck. You're still alive in the Whiskey League, right? Not only am I still alive, I got a very good chance of winning this thing. Yeah! Mark the tape. Mark the tape. I have a good team, and I think I'm getting all of the whiskey. I want you to get all the whiskey. All right, Charge, we'll talk to you. Thanks, bud. Bye-bye. Let's finish on an email. You can always reach me at zabe at yahoo.com. This one from Tim in Idaho, a.k.a. Meatloaf. He writes to say Houston fans don't even cheer the Titans, Zabe. Dear Half Rack, to all those giving you grief about no longer rooting for the football team in Washington, they're completely and irrevocably wrong. Would they ask a football fan in Cleveland if they root for the Ravens? It's the same franchise that was there in Cleveland for decades. They changed their name and left, and no one would blame anyone for not continuing to root for them. Same goes for the Houston Oilers, the Baltimore Colts, the Brooklyn Dodgers, the Seattle Supersonics, the Minneapolis Lakers, and on and on. One might argue that, well, they're still in Washington, so you should continue to pull for them. But no, you were right. That old team... The Redskins is dead. 
victims of righteous wokeness. What is there now is the Walking Dead, a zombie team with an expiration date. The team to come, the Red Tails, Red Wolves, Red Storm, Commanders, whatever stupid name they'll have, is a new team. Same owner, same crappy stadium, but it's not the Redskins. It's a different team. You don't owe them squat any more than the denizens of Seattle owe the Oklahoma City Thunder. This may not be as egregious of an example, but it's on the same spectrum. Maybe if you explain it that way, then they'll back the F off. Keep up the good fight. Yohoo Nye, they shot me in Denver. Sincerely, Meatloaf, a.k.a. Tim in Idaho. That's well said. I don't need it to explain to anybody. I've, I've made my explanation, and I have heard from those who were troubled by my departure as a fan from the team. And they have said they appreciated my elaboration on it the other day here on the Zabecast. They, as fans and 20-year listeners of me, needed some closure. And I totally get it. And I want to give them that closure. I want to be able to say, here's why. It's not you, it's me. It's not me, it's them. It's not the losing, it's the guy who's running. the. Th- it's a lot of things is what it is. But yeah. Anyway, that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and being part of the Zabecast Nation. Every download means everything to me. Every time you reach out, I'm blown away. I'm like, you guys listen. You like the product. If you could, spread the word. You don't have to. I'm not paying you to spread the word. But, you know, somebody asked you, you know what a good podcast? Just drop a name for Old El Baldo. Say, here's a guy you might like. Take a listen. Thanks for listening. Have a great football weekend. A safe And very fun Halloween with all your favorite candy. And we will see you next time. What is a lock in sports betting? A lock is simply put a bet you can't lose. You know that. And with my bookie, you cannot lose on their NBA lock of the season. Put a bet on either team to score between the Mavericks and the Nuggets. And when the first bucket hits, boom, you win. Let me put it like this. An NBA game has never gone scoreless, so you're going to win. This is a lock. It doesn't get any easier than that. My bookie wants you to get a taste of winning because it tastes so good. With superstars like Jokic, Doncic going head-to-head Friday night of this week, it will not take more than a minute of game time before your bet, cha-ching, cashes in. And that's not all. You get paid Friday, wake up Saturday, and then you throw down on UFC 267. Saturday night, my bookie is giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship main event fight. So don't wait. Head to mybookie.com now and use my promo code ZABE. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and my bookie will instantly double your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE. You can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.